All right, let's get started, I suppose. You know, early in this game, I thought to myself, it's nice. They're making a laugher out of a game in a positive fashion for the first time in ages. That's kind of nice. And that's not how this game finished, of course. Not only does it end up not as a, a even a nail biter close at the end, but a massive blown lead. They lose 11 7 to the Rangers after being up 6 nothing early deep in the heart of Texas. Uh, welcome to JSTOG, of course. Show Ali flying solo today on the Sportsnet radio network. We are on Sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet app as well. Taking your calls with the phone lines open 416 870 0590. One triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cellular device five ninety five ninety is the people's text line. It is bumping in a not so positive a way, but uh, it is still very packed. Name and location, please, on the people's text line and uh, the people's text line. Like I often say, uh, is always open. It, you know what? It's this game kind of seems like a perfect representation of the season to date and how the different facets of the team have just not gone well or right all at the same time, essentially all year, right? Like for much of the season for, for pretty much all of the season, you get terrific pitching. You get very good defense. Just a couple days ago, we were flashing like defensive run saves metrics on the screen, right? But you get no offense. And today you get a 6 nothing lead off of perhaps one of the most consistent pitchers in all of baseball in John Gray. I think the last time he gave up more than four runs was a start he had at the beginning of May. We are like halfway through June. That was seven starts ago. You get a 6 nothing lead off of John Gray and then base running mistakes. Poor defense. Poor pitching certainly from the starter in Chris Bassett, certainly some relievers as well. And the relief pitching had been so good all year. They all, it it just all happens at the same time. Yeah. It's just, it's an ugly way to wrap up the series in Texas. Uh, Once again, to quote red from uh, Shawshank redemption, hope is a dangerous thing. It can, uh, it can kill a man. And uh, let me tell you, it's come close for me a lot this year. And I'm I'm guessing for a lot of you guys as well, you know, for me, it, it actually goes back to something Barker talks about a lot, whether it's on Jay's talk or on Blair and Barker. And he would know as a former major leaguer, right? But it's a simple adage, which is, which is simply that these sports are supposed to be fun, right? Like basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever sport you watch. In theory, (laughs) it's supposed to be fun. And for me, I'm actually curious what you guys think. Like if I'm not having all that much fun, heavens knows what the players themselves are feeling like after blowing leads or or generally just generally speaking playing poorly. I guess what makes it frustrating during these spurts of them not being particularly enjoyable, what makes it frustrating. And I, I feel like this is not even a, a real argument, but we know this is a talented group of individuals. I I'm not so certain why they are not playing like a talented team all the time, right? Like they are playing this group of talented individuals for me are playing to a level that is less than the sum of their parts. Like if this was a rebuilding team and, and and we've seen that in the not too 
distant past, right? Like in 2017, 2018, like in that era of Blue Jays baseball, which wasn't that long ago. And you knew this team was, you know, like relatively speaking, bereft of talent. The expectations would be low, right? Like it would be annoying to see them lose and get hammered by teams. But of course, losses are when you're a rebuilding franchise, part of the expectation. Even when they're not always playing like it, they are, I think, I don't even think, think it's all, all that disputable that they are individually very talented, which is so frustrating because you watch them play like less than the sum of their parts, like sometimes get strung together. And then when they do, it looks magnificent. And we're just not getting that for extended periods of time. Uh, let me look at the text line here for uh, 590, 590 name and location. And you can still give me a call 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. I see here. Okay, you know what? I see a couple of texts on this. Nick in Cambridge says, should they blow this team up? They're just not very good. Steph in Quebec says, selling mode now. Everybody available except Vlad Bichette. Atkins out. We restart while our young stars are still young. Let me just put it this way. Let's just tackle this up front. That's not going to happen. They're not blowing the team up. That's just not going to happen. We know, like, as my, as, my, as frustrating as it is to watch, they're not blowing the team up. If they trade anyone, it's going to be very small moves like a trading a Kevin Kiermaier or trading a, you know, a, a, a lesser piece, for example, but they're not, they're not blowing the team up. They're just, that's just not going to happen. Even after the loss today, we'll get to the standings watch in more detail later, but even after the loss, they are still only a game out of a playoff spot. And I know that kind of feels like shifting the goalposts to a certain degree because the expectation certainly was not to scratch and claw for a playoff spot. The expectation was to win the division. And, you know, the Rays are trailing the Padres right now, but uh, they have also won 51 games. So, I mean, the, the Orioles are, are five and a half games back, and they won today. They're five and a half games back of the division-leading Tampa Bay Rays. The Orioles are not going to catch the Rays this year, much less the Yankees who are 10 and a half games back or the, or the Blue Jays who are 11 and a half games back. Like, that's probably pretty safe to say the Rays are going to win the American League East this year. So obviously, much like last year where the Yankees ran away with it early, the Blue Jays made it a little bit closer as we got to September, but ultimately the Yankees still won it by like a relatively comfortable margin. Uh, the seemingly same thing has happened this year with the Rays, which is just awful. Obviously, I'm on, on board with all of that, but even though you are now shifting the conversation to the wild card race, which is crazy to say mid June, you're not, they're not selling. They're just, they're just not going to do that. That would make no sense. Maybe if maybe in three years, maybe that's the case when all, a lot of the contracts for the big guys are on the back end, but I just, I don't see them selling on this, uh, on this window here. Let's go to the phones. 416 Star 590 on your cellular device. Russ calling in from New Jersey. Russ, what's on your mind? Good, good afternoon. Well, I'll give you a stat that's my stat. It's pretty crazy. Sure. Since the 40th game of the season, that's basically a quarter through. We played 33 games. That was the 40th game was the Atlanta game, which they you know, was Danny Jansen, 6-5. They have scored three runs or less in 20 of those games. Remarkably, the record is 10-10. On the other 13 games, the record's five and eight. So you just, 
when they score more, you know, four runs or more. So it's been, you just can't figure it out today. I, I think they made a great comment before the, th- but even more than that, the third inning, you know, you have a great lineup there in Texas and Bassett. It took him eight pitches, I think, to get Simeon. It took him seven pitches to get Seager. And these are hitters that you really got to concentrate every pitch or else they'll take you out of the park. And he gets both of them out. And then the error. And, you know, he threw, I think, 14 more pitches after that. And then the Blue Jays come out and they, you know, they, they, they take six pitches and they're out of the inning. And then Texas comes back in the game. So I even think even before the, you know, they're not taking pitches in the fourth inning to let their pitcher rest, you know, the third inning that was tough because – it took him 15 pitches to get the first two outs of the inning. And then on the next pitch, he thinks he has it. And then Guerrero makes the error. So, you know, you know, the kid Horowitz today, you got to give him a credit, you know, two walks. I wish other people would look at that. It's a guy that, you know, teams are saying, okay, who is this guy? We're going to challenge him. And he still walked twice because sometimes guys can't hit the plate with their pitches, um, you know, and Bichette got a walk today. So that was a good sign too. But, it just, you know, I, I also thought maybe Springer would have caught that ball and Vladdy was running, you know, down line, which Vladdy doesn't know where Springer is, so I can't blame him for that. But I think he let up drop of them thinking Vladdy was going to catch that ball. So, you know, it's to Florida, and uh, they have good pitching, so we'll see what happens the next three. But it's it's definitely frustrating. Yeah, and there's no doubt about it. And, and, and I appreciate the call, Russ. Thank you for joining us on Jay's Talk. As always, uh, there, there's no doubt about that it is it is just incredibly frustrating like i just i i don't blame people who turn the game off halfway through i don't I, how could you right it's a they were up three nothing you finally like i genuinely shouted in the in the studio here saying oh my god like they actually scored more than two runs in a game they scored six runs today that they, they scored two runs in each of the last three games this were as many runs today as the last three games combined, and they still lost. I think they've only actually they scored seven runs today, and I actually think they've only scored seven runs maybe once other one other time. I think it was one of the wins against the Twins. The, maybe it might have been the final game uh, against the Twins to to salvage that series. But apart from that, they haven't scored more seven runs or more in all of June. It's June eighteenth. So I, I, I can't really, I'm not really complaining about the offense because I just spent the last, I don't know, week begging them to score more runs. And then it's the starting pitching and parts of the bullpen that falter here. I see texts uh, kind of kind of all over the place, right? Like I see here, uh, let's see. Keegan, uh, Keenan, pardon me, Keenan, Keenan from Winnipeg. <laughs> Keenan says, every time I watched a guy walk out of that Blue Jays bullpen, the lower my belief got in this game, not just because of the score, but the quality of pitchers significantly decreasing. It was nice to see seven runs on the board when they scored six runs in the combined three days before. So there you go. Keenan on board with the offensive point. It's true, though, when you look at, and we'll talk about Bassett, certainly, but when you look at the the bullpen, and today, getting appearances from Pearson, you got appearances from uh, Tim Meza, Jimmy Garcia, Adam Simber, and Mitch White. And Nate Pearson kind of surprisingly laboring today. Like the fastball command just wasn't there as it has been. He gives up a home run to Jonah Heim, who, I mean, I guess has been red hot. Tim Meza runs into a few hits that squeeze past the defense, but he's pitched a lot in the last couple of Maybe the last week he has pitched quite a bit. 
couple hits squeaking past the defense. He did limit the damage, thankfully. So that's not a huge, huge knock on him. Jimmy Garcia actually with a shutdown inning against all of all of Adelise Garcia, Josh Young, and and Heim again. And he actually got Garcia and Heim to swing on strike three. So could that be a positive? Maybe. I, like maybe, but also I think you <laughs> we need to see a lot more from Jimmy Garcia before we are ready to put him back, even in the outer circle of trust. Don't worry. I'm not gonna try and find too many moral victories. Uh to Russ's point though, I will say one of the moral victories, at least tonight, is the play of Spencer Horwitz. I, I actually pleasantly surprised by what we got out of Spencer Horwitz. It, it felt like we were ta- we talked about him so much as to would he see time after he's just after he pitched or pardon me, after he played so well in the minors, he gets his first big league hit on the first pitch. He sees from John Gray, who again is a very good pitcher. So really cool stuff. Cool to see the Rangers immediately get that ball back. in. I am a sucker for firsts in sports and guys getting their first knocks in the big leagues that, you know, seeing their faces afterwards. It's really cool. So congratulations to Horwitz on that one. He grounds out a little bit later on a run comes into score. Uh, so he just generally speaking had good quality ABs, uh, which was uh, perhaps lacking from a lot of the offensive pieces over the last couple of games. But I will say, at least for Spencer Horwitz, I, I just wanted to get that out of the way because I thought he was he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I see Paul in South Frontenac. Overall, I have enjoyed following the Jays, including a spring training game. After today's loss, I have decided to wait and see if they make the playoffs. Blowing a six-run lead is too much to bear. That's fair. <laughs> like I, hard to argue. Like I, I don't blame you, Paul. Honestly, I think a lot of people who are listening probably feel uh, the same way. Let's go back to the phones. 416-870-0590. star five ninety on your cell. Eddie in Fort Erie. Eddie, I haven't heard from you for a while. How's it going? Good show. How are you? Good. Are you, are you doing okay? You haven't called in at all, a lot. Um, I'd rather not go into that. All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear from you at least what's on your mind. Well, um, two things, uh, you know, and sometimes in baseball, you just know that there's some kind of a predictable situation that's going to happen. Well, I felt that today when, when Kirk got hit by the pitch on the hand, when he was out of the game, I knew the blue Jays were going to lose. Now, granted they got some runs for, for Bassett's. To, to kind of give that breathing room. But when that throwing air uh, that Vladdy made just, you know, was the uh, the turning point of that. And it's like, and I go back to what I said about um, predictable. I mean, you think of the Orioles series. I mean, with um, uh, Bassett pitching, and then you have uh, uh, Jansen behind the play. I mean, it's not a good combination. I mean, this is like three games that Jansen's caught uh, Bassett, and he got roughed up. Uh and, and 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 he's obviously good with Kirk because Kirk caught his complete game, so that that's another one. And in that in, in the last game of the Orioles series, you know when they took the lead, you knew it was game over. So it was just one of those things that was predictable today. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's tough, Eddie. Appreciate the call, man. And uh, hope you're doing well. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us on Jay's Talk. It's it's true. Once once Kirk got hit by a pitch, I won't go so far as to say I, I knew the game was going to be over. But when he got hit by the pitch. And he immediately left. I, I admit, and, and you know what, uh, Blake and Ben were mentioning this during the broadcast, but Tyler Heineman did play today in the minors. And I think in his neck, after Kirk got hit by the pitch, uh, he was pinch hit for 
in the eighth inning in the minors. Maybe it was about 20 to 25 minutes after Kirk's injury, according to Shai Davidi. So I got to imagine he is going to be called back up like more or less immediately. He might like, even if, and I, they said today that it was a hand contusion slash laceration. X-rays were negative for a fracture, which is good, but I honestly wonder if they might just call back Heinemann up anyways, because he in very limited playing time, very small sample size. He did play relatively well. I actually, I was very curious to see what Jansen would look like catching for Bassett. Cause we usually see Kirk catch Bassett to great effect. It was probably in my mind too early of a change in the game to see a marked difference, given that it happened. What top two, right? Bassett did run into trouble. Bottom two after Kirk got injured. But yeah, I don't know. Bassett had some trouble. He's he just generally is speaking has trouble with with lefties more than he does with righties, even with the vast pitch arsenal he has. And he also just wasn't that great today. Right. The other thing, too, with Bassett is and I, I honestly never know exactly where to fall on this. And I, I feel like only the catchers themselves, Bassett himself, and maybe we'll hear from Bassett today, but either they, the players or maybe even like the pitching coach, only only they can really know. But Bassett calls his own pitches, right? Like he has the pitch comm device on his hip. So because he calls his own pitches, I do kind of wonder how much, how much difference a change in catcher affects him specifically. Now on the other end of that conversation, we often hear about how Bassett is so particular with his catcher, right? Like I remember in the preseason during spring training and so on, he talks about, I want, I want my catcher to set up in this way on this kind of pitch and in that way on that kind of pitch. And, you know, he's, he's very particular. I'm sure all pitchers are particular as well, but uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of only go so far on the, for Bassett specifically cha- catcher changes, making huge differences because of he calls his own pitches, right? Uh, Bassett's final line, three and two thirds, seven hits, five runs. Three of them were earned two strikeouts, three walks. I wanted so badly to say that he was even just okay, but you know what? The truth is it was a, it was a subpar outing for him. The second straight subpar outing, Eddie mentioning the the Baltimore series, he got bombed by the Orioles at Camden Yards. Just lots of traffic from him basically all day, right? Like he was playing with fire, and Russ mentioned it off the top, like it, until it overwhelmed him in the fourth inning. There was a there were a couple of individual moments. Uh, there was like the sinker he dotted to freeze Corey Seager, which was great to see against maybe their most dangerous batter. But I mean, like there were only a you could count them on one hand maybe in terms of individual moments that went well for him. He labored. Uh, through most of his outing, and he was pulled two outs um, into the fourth inning. Uh, let's go back to, you know what? Let's hear from John Schneider. There is some John Schneider audio. Uh, he is wrapping up his media availability right now. And as we discuss Chris Bassett, like I mentioned, a not so great start against the Orioles, another second straight start that's not great against the Rangers at Globe Life Field. Let's hear what John Schneider has to say about an unusual two not-so-great starts from Chris Bassett. I thought, you know, even with the outs, you know, in the first, I thought his sinker was good early. Um, I think it's just a combination of not using all of his stuff um, well with each other, right? The sweeper's a good pitch. The curveball's a good pitch. um, And I think that opens up the cutter and the fastball in his last two outings. He's not been able to do that. Yeah, it's true. Like you, you just saw a lot of pitches. And again, I mentioned the pitch to Seeger. You saw that you, you're more used to seeing well commanded pitches from Bassett. And over the last two starts, we just haven't seen that. I also think Bassett is one of those guys, whenever things, even if things are going well for him on the mound, 
He always just like looks like he is one pitch away from having a complete meltdown. Just I don't I just his demeanor out there. I don't know. He just looks so discombobulated sometimes. But to his credit, most of the time he does not let it get to him. And he was battling today, but ultimately uh, he did get lifted. And unfortunately, the Blue Jays could not uh, score some runs to let him off the hook. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 416-870-0590. one 590 star 590 on your cell. Tony joining us from Maple. Tony, what's on your mind today? Hey, sure. How are you doing? Good, man. What's up? Um, I want to talk about the Blue Jays, obviously, but we'll, we'll stop from, start sorry, from the top down. I think they're probably one of the worst managed and coached teams in baseball. We start with Shapiro and Atkins because they set the tone, the culture for the club, because they hire all of the coaching staff. They make the decisions who's going to be, and and then they in turn uh, show, I guess you know what they want, expectations, the coaches to the players. We compare this Jays to 2015. That's eight years. This club is worse than that club. That club was actually competitive, fun to watch, committed, not so error prone. Vladdy, it's like he comes to, to play some days and other days he's not there. So is he overrated? Maybe it's that. And he's always had this reputation because he could hit home runs. And now you see the kind of the weakness there. When he can't hit home runs, is he really worth what he was viewed upon originally. So that ties back to management and assessing players and talents and everything else. But the errors, Schneider, going, we saw it, goes up, didn't remember that he went up to the mound. And what are the other guys doing? Sleeping when he's making that error? What's Mattingly doing? What's Walker doing? What's the rest of the guys doing? It's a whole lack of caring effort. And here's the big word professionalism and it starts from the top hey tony appreciate the call thank you for uh, joining me on jay's talk you know it's funny uh, you mentioned what what the other guys were doing i'm i'm reasonably certain when it comes to if we go back to the whole like having to take Mano out of the game because you forgot the amount of mound visits or whatever i that actually happened to don mattingly already like then that, that actually he did that as manager of the dodgers i think i don't think it was quite a, like it was a little bit different where he like stopped and went back and i think they counted it as two mound visits and they had to take the pitcher out but oh i just like i think that's why whenever we talk about managerial changes this early into john schneider's tenure as manager of the blue jays uh, and because people compare it to Charlie Montoyo because the team was just hovering around 500 when they came back from that a fateful Seattle road trip in which they got swept in four games last year and they made the managerial change to John Schneider. That's why I like I, I think because Charlie Montoyo had what four I guess three and a half years as manager of the Blue Jays before they they eventually gave him the hook and John Schneider is not even. I, I guess we're approaching one full year. If you count when he started last year to where we are right now in the middle of June, that's, that's like, there are obviously problems or some issues that he has had, but I mean, like today, for example, some of those, I mean, maybe some of those issues are on the coaches, like some odd defensive plays, like a Nathaniel low ball to Tony's point, eating up Vladdy. And I think Eddie had mentioned this before as well to get low aboard that would have otherwise been the final out of the third inning. He airmails the throw. Maybe he threw it too hard. It wasn't on target throw was a tough play because Bassett is a moving target and is also not a fielder. He's a pitcher, but 
Whew, that was a, not a great sequence that got low aboard. And of course that a couple of runs then scoring on a weird sequence from both Kiermaier and Bo, like Kiermaier with an odd route and throw to get the ball back in. Didn't really seem like there was a lot of hustle like we are accustomed to seeing from Kiermaier. Uh, Garcia, Adelise Garcia already at third base. And then Bo kind of just knocking the ball down, just knocking it down with his glove. And then Garcia races home on the play. I'm not actually even really sure who you point the finger at on that one. Like, is it a lazy play by Bo? Is it a lazy throw in from Kiermaier? Were they both unaware or underestimating Garcia's speed? They certainly shouldn't underestimate it because he regularly makes great runs and catches and throws out there in the outfield and right field. Most of the time, it was just a strange sequence. All things considered on the coaching side of it. I, I wonder if the botch double steal in the first inning, because there are a number of texts here uh, blaming Vladimir Guerrero jr. Okay. For that. Like, I'm just trying to go back and find a bunch of them. Donna in Toronto. I've really had enough of the Jays getting picked off on the bases. Vladdy again today. Very frustrating. I see another one here. Um, Let's see. Uh, this one just says, there's no name on this one. Actually it just says, why is a blue Jays fan? Can we not have nice things? Finally get some runs defense and bullpen starting pitching ruins it. If one thing works, the other fails. It's a little depressing. Um, I see another one here. Oh, here it is. Andrew and Ki- Kitchener uh, time to start flipping some clubhouse tables. Voices need to be raised. Vlad isn't a rookie anymore. How does someone like that get picked off on the bases and Julia and Kleinberg uh, might be controversial, but he's becoming a liability quickly. Time for him to sit out a couple games, gather his thoughts before he plays again. Well, that's not going to happen. He's definitely not going to sit out like to learn him a lesson. I don't, I don't know if that would, I don't, I genuinely don't know what lesson would be learned by just being like, you sit out. I'm not, I genuinely don't know. But if you look back at that double steal, the botch double steal, actually, if, if you're going to lay blame anywhere, I personally would lay blame either at Bo or on the coaching staff, right? The TV broadcast didn't show it, but a number of the the reporters, the Blue Jays beat that were at the game, actually saying this on Twitter, bro, Bo broke for third, and then he stopped. So that when he broke for third, maybe he was trying to deke someone out there, but when he broke for third, Vladdy immediately broke for second, and then Bo stopped. So Vladdy had nowhere to go, and by the time he recovered, they picked him off, right? It was a great play by the catcher to, so for me, I won't blame Vladimir Guerrero. Jr. Like you have to, I guess he has a shoulder up like a small part of the blame, but if you're Bo, you have to, like, if you're going to go, go right. Like if that, or if that's on the coaches, maybe like, maybe someone relayed the wrong sign. Maybe someone interpreted the wrong sign. Maybe it was just a poor decision, but I would at least hesitate based on what I've seen to entirely lay that at the feet of Vladdy. Certainly he has to wear some of it, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, everything, the culmination of all the frustrations based on, on talking about him so much and all the expectations, but at least for that, I, I don't know that I would lay the blame on him for that. Uh, maybe I would lay the blame on him chopping some more balls into the ground until the very last AB of the game. That's another conversation. But if we're talking about the uh, botch double steal, less so for me, uh, let's take a very quick break. If you're on the line, stay on the line. We'll get you after the break. We'll go back to the text line as well. Sunday Night Baseball is after us as well. But still some time to give us a phone call. 416-870-0590. 590 Star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is the people's text line. It's always open. Still a lot of text to get to. Let's take the break. Go back to the phones. Back to the text line. To the standings watch as well. You're listening to Jay's Talk. Show Ali with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Yeah, just not looking at anything. 
you don't locate against a big league team, you're not going to do well. I got to pitch a lot better. Um, I'm putting the entire rotation in a bind because we're running a four-man rotation. Um, and then I come out and do what I do. So it's basically back-to-back -back bullpen days. So, um, yeah, it's not good. That is Chris Bassett chatting with the media. He's always very hard on himself after, uh, after bad outings. Like, just really, really hard on himself. Um, and, and I mean, he did not pitch well today, obviously in a, an 11, seven loss, the blue Jays uh, taking from the Texas Rangers, a huge loss in which they led six, nothing. They blow the lead in large part because of Chris Bassett's unfortunate pitching today. We're discussing it here on Jay's talk show Ali with you for about 10 more minutes as we get to your phones and text line questions. You know, it's interesting. I do think it's interesting that Bassett also points out in his answer there, the four-man rotation, because I remember I was listening back to the Gosman chat uh, after his start in this series as well, in the first game of the series, before the, before the bullpen series uh, game yesterday, and he also mentioned the four-man rotation. So clearly the starters very ac acutely aware of the fact that they have to be, like, th there's basically no margin for error, right? And if, even when you look at, the bullpen. Like I see a text here from Paul and Sturgeon Falls. They need a more reliable bullpen. Move out White, Simber, and Garcia. Bring in, bring in, bring in three good, not marginally better replacements. And you know the problem is there's so little margin for error that you basically need your starters to go six or seven innings literally every single night to have a chance. And I mean that's just not realistic, right? Like that's it's it's just not going to happen. Even from the best teams, it's not going to happen. Like even Shane McClanahan can can only sometimes scratch out six innings. Like you're barely seeing quality starts from so many pitchers across baseball right now. The difference, of course, is that a lot of baseball teams can deploy bullpens, right? Like you, Zach Pop is supposed to come back in the next uh, couple of weeks. I think uh, Chad Green probably not going to make an appearance until after the All Star break. But uh, even Zach Pop's presence probably uh, couldn't hurt. I, I honestly was ready to give Adam Simber. I was ready to talk positively about him. I was. And then he gives him a two run shot to basically blow this game open. Right? Like we're, we're right back where we started with him. Like, I think I am ready to have a conversation about the future of Simber with this team. When he can't get it done, even for a handful of outs, I do start to wonder what his place is, especially when you're talking about the circle of trust, which he is. Unfortunately, uh, nowhere near. Uh, before we continue, let's go to the uh, Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. So if you look at the standings, the Yankees losing to the Red Sox in game one of their doubleheader today. Game two going to get going in about 40 minutes' time, so... I guess you're cheering for the Red Sox if you're if you're a Jays fan based on how that went. Uh, Red Sox are 36 and 35 at the bottom of the AL East after their win today. Uh, Yankees after the loss are 39 and 32. Rays are in action against the Padres right now. They are still trailing the Padres five to two. But entering play, they are 51 and 23. Baltimore did win. They they finally, surprisingly, beating the uh, Chicago Cubs. You didn't think it would take this long for them to beat the Cubs, honestly. But they did beat the Cubs, uh, and they are 44 and 27. As a result, the Blue Jays, with the loss, are 39 and 34. 
The Angels did hold on. If you look at the wildcard race, the Angels did hold on for a win over the Royals after blowing a massive lead yesterday. But uh, they did hold on today for a win. So they are 44 and 33. The Yankees occupy the final wildcard spot at, I mentioned, 39 and 32. And the Astros, uh, let me just check here. But I believe the Astros did end up losing in extras to the Cincinnati Reds. They lose 9 to 7 in 10 innings. So they drop to 39 and 33. They have lost four straight games. So you know what? Crazily, despite all the stuff we have talked about today, the Blue Jays are a half game out of a playoff, or pardon me, a full game out of a playoff spot. They're a full game behind the Yankees for a playoff spot. The Astros are just a half game up right now. So it's a quite a crowded field for, I would say, the last two wildcard spots. The uh, Orioles sitting five games up of the Blue Jays, or pardon me, of the Yankees in that final wildcard spot. But that's a quick check of the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. You know what? Let's go back to the phones. 416-870-0590-1-888-666-0590-STAR-590 on your cellular device. Bob calling in from Nova Scotia. Bob, what's on your mind? Yeah, just uh, I think where the disappointment comes in is um, with the fans is, uh, you know, the so-called experts that picked the Toronto Blue Jays to win the World Series this year, and they're only five games over 500. I think the you know I think the Blue Jays are a decent team right now. I don't think they're a great team, and I think the fact that when you pick a team to win the World Series and they're only five games over 500 at this point, I think that's where the disappointment comes in. And having said all that, like you said, they're only like you know they're only a game out. They're still right there. I think the changes need to be made. Maybe send Simber down, and maybe get a you know uh, they don't have to have another fifth start until July 1st, right. I think. And, uh, you know, they start playing some maybe lesser teams than the Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles coming up. So we'll have to just see how they do against them, and maybe they can gain some ground there. But I think I think the disappointment comes from the fact that they picked in the world, win the World Series, and they're only five games at World 500 at this point. Yeah, hey, Bob, I appreciate the call. Thank you for weighing in. I, I definitely think expectations have played a massive part into – how you feel about what they look like, right? Because I remember I had this conversation at the beginning of the season. Someone asked me, like, who do you think will win the division? Uh, I did say until, I'm going to be wrong about this too, but I did say based on everything that that has happened, until proven otherwise, the Yankees were going to be the teams to win the division. And uh, that's also not true, right? The Yankees are certainly not going to win the division. They don't look all that great either. And like we were talking about, they're only a game ahead of the Blue Jays, but uh, it's the Rays that come back from the dead to probably going to win like 150, even if they lose today, they're probably going to win 115 games. Uh, Nick in Cambridge saying, can this team, the way it looks right now, win in the playoffs? Can they even make the playoffs? I mean, factually, literally right now, they are not a playoff team because they are a game out of the final wildcard spot. But I mean, I think I've had this said to me a lot by a couple of former players. Like I remember we, I remember we spoke to, uh, we've spoken to Joe Carter a couple of times about this and, the other members of the World Series winning team, like Pat Borders, has been around the broadcast booth a number of times, even if he doesn't always come on the air. And other people like that. And, you know, Jesse Barfield talked about this recently, just earlier in the weekend when he got inducted to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. But I, I just I remember they all all of them to a person say it's a marathon, not a sprint. And like if, if the if the Blue Jays were like a, a, a below 500 team. I think I might be on board with some of the sell sell the deadline stuff, but uh because they are above 500 and because they are still showing some signs of life, even everything, even if everything isn't happening at the same time, it's why I truly believe 
as long as they are right there in the mix. It's why, like, it's it's why if you look at the Angels, I was convinced Shohei Otani was getting traded this year. I was I, I was convinced. There's probably not going to happen. That's probably not going to happen anymore. Probably because it'd be impossible to get what you want for Shohei Otani, but also because the Angels are right there. The Angels could also just as easily not make the playoffs. They're what, like a game up on the Blue Jays or a game and a half up on the Blue Jays? A short losing streak and a short winning streak by any of New York, Houston, or Toronto would mean that Los Angeles Angels do not make the playoffs again. So it's just the, the margin for error is just so slim right now, and I get that it's frustrating. I totally get it, but this team is is more talented than they are playing right now. And I see a text from Christine from Toronto. This team was not supposed to be battling for the last wild card spot. You're right. That's it's that is true. That is absolutely true. But uh, this is the reality you're dealing with right now. Uh, Brian and Scarborough says, you know, this feels like a rookie team players and coaches. No, you can't blow up the team, but maybe a, a good kick in the ass. Brian and Scarborough. Like, yeah, I kind of agree. Honestly, maybe they, maybe they do deserve that. I, I just don't know what that comes in. We've already seen a couple of players only meetings this year. I don't know. It is tough when you play a team like the Rangers and teams like the Orioles, although I I admit I did not expect the Orioles to be this good this soon. Uh, Boston from LaSalle says, I truly hope they get on the same page soon. I am a longtime Jays fan. Nick in North Bay says, I feel like we're the Padres of the AL, all the talent in the world, and can't win. Uh, You know, the Padres are in the the process of of putting, stringing together some better play as of late after a very disappointing start to the season, and I I think it's coming for the Blue Jays as well. You know, I see um, a text from Lee in Guelph. It's clear the game was slowly slipping away from the fourth inning in. Was Swan- were Swanson and Romano not available? We need to start winning series at any cost. You guys know I am I am absolutely here for deploying your best relievers, not only at the end of the ballgame. I am. Having said that, they did deploy one of the better relievers. They deployed Nate Pearson. And Nate Pearson, unfortunately, just didn't have it today. Because I guarantee you, if like Nate Pearson was just even a half as bit as he has good, been you know, over the course of the season, we'd probably having a... Uh, a different conversation. Look, the I, I started with a Shawshank quote. I'll end with another one. Uh, Hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and uh, no good thing ever dies. That's from uh, that's from Tom Young. That's from Tom Young being sent out to all of, all of you guys. Hey, before we go, uh, happy Father's Day, everyone. On behalf of my brother and sister, I wanted to give a shout out to our dad. He's the best. And I wanted to give a shout out to all the dads out there and the single moms pulling double duty as well. You all do more for your kids, perhaps, than they will ever know. So thank you, everyone, for everything you do. I hope you all have a good rest of your day, perhaps in spite of of this game today. Thank you as well for listening to Blue Jays Baseball brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Did you know that vehicles rust faster in warmer weather as the weather warms and we all get ready for summer? Make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for your nearest location. For Ben Shulman, Blake Murphy, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. Thanks for being with me on Jays Talk. An 11-7 Jays loss to unfortunately wrap up the series in Texas, but the road trip continues in South Beach. I have Jays Talk solo tomorrow evening to begin the series against the Miami Marlins. I'll talk to you later.